The transition from volume-based to value-based reimbursement mechanisms, along with increased competition for market share and brand loyalty, has made patient experience ratings an important measure for healthcare organizations. But although patient experience data can be useful on a systems level, clinician-level data is more nuanced, and ratings can be complicated by many factors, including a clinician's race. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Kenneth Poole, an internal medicine physician and the medical director of patient experience at the Mayo Clinic in Arizona. Dr. Poole has written a perspective article about patient experience data and bias. Dr. Poole, how does the Mayo Clinic collect patient experience data, and then what does it do with the information? We collect patient experience data via automated surveys that go out to our patients after inpatient visits, outpatient office visits, and then even after ambulatory surgery procedures and visits to the emergency room. Those surveys are sent, as I mentioned, in an automated fashion via an outside survey vendor. And patients receive the surveys either via email or via U.S. postage mail and then voluntarily can return the surveys. Each survey is linked to a specific provider, and that provider is determined as the provider who submitted the charge for the episode of care. You say in your article that provider-level patient experience data are more difficult to interpret and to use than systems-level data. So what kinds of general challenges impede meaningful use of that provider-level data? Again, I think it should be underscored and reiterated that I think systems-level patient experience data is extremely important and extremely useful, particularly as healthcare organizations look to differentiate and and evolve and come up with different ways to meet the needs of specific patient populations. But as it relates to the individual clinician, the data becomes difficult to interpret at times. One thing that ends up coming up is the sample size. Even though physicians in some specialties see a lot of patients, there's physicians in other specialties that may only see a few patients per day whether it be because of the nature of their specialty or the nature of the patients in which they see. Are they procedure-based physician? Are they an outpatient-based physician? But even for those that see a lot of patients, again, these surveys aren't returned by every patient. So in a given week, in a given month, or even in a given quarter, there's not a large sample size for an individual physician a lot of times. The other thing that can creep in are these kind of elements of bias, if you will, And again, those things that can bias the patient experience data can run the gamut. I mean, so you're talking about things such as how was the weather that day? How was parking? Was the waiting room packed or not? How was the front desk staff when they greeted the patient? Was the patient ill or was it something like a routine visit? Does the patient have a lot of medical comorbidities? So all of those different things can come into play. And then, as the article mentioned, race and gender bias, even age bias, those types of things can certainly influence provider-level data. The other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that, especially when you're talking about dealing with physicians, you're talking about dealing with people that function and operate at a very high level as it relates to confidence, self-assuredness, egos, and some competitiveness. And so it becomes kind of a very dicey topic sometimes, particularly when physicians don't see scores that they expect, and you get a lot of defensive behavior, and you get a lot of docs that want to kind of rip holes in the scores as opposed to front what they may perceive as subpar patient experience survey data from their patients. So looking particularly at race, 
What do we know about how race concordance, whether the patient and the physician are of the same race or of different races, affects the patient's perception of care? What we do know from the data that's available is that regardless of race, there seems to be a predisposition towards patients preferring physicians that look like them. We call it patient-physician race concordance. So that's regardless of whether a patient is part of an underrepresented group or part of a majority group. Where things become a little interesting is in outcomes. And so we know that some of the underrepresented groups in healthcare, particularly African-Americans, some Latino populations, certainly Native Americans, tend to have worse health outcomes for a lot of common medical diseases and medical issues. And so things that are going to improve healthcare compliance, utilization of services, utilization of preventive services, experience within the healthcare system are going to be things that we should pay particular attention to. And so there's been studies that have shown that particularly for African Americans, when they see physicians of the same race, there's improved compliance, there's improved healthcare utilization, which can in turn help with some of those issues regarding healthcare disparities. There's also been data to suggest that the actual quality of the care that some underrepresented groups receive, particularly African Americans, can be lower when seeing other healthcare professionals that are non-Black. And so that's some of the data that's out there. Interestingly, we don't have data that shows that white patients or Asian patients necessarily receive worse health outcomes when they see physicians of other races. But we do know that patients of all kinds tend to generally prefer physicians that are of the same race. So is this an implicit or explicit bias, or is it that patients have a harder time connecting with clinicians who they think of as being different from themselves? I think it's a little bit of all of it. So, so oftentimes, we, just like in healthcare, we look to find the one answer, but a lot of times the answer is multifactorial. And so I think that some of it is explicit bias. There are some people that hold certain biases and prejudice and racism, and I don't think that those things should be ignored. I think it makes us uncomfortable to think about those things. And a lot of times we like to think that those are ways of the past, but they're they're things that are alive and well. So I think you have that. I think that you also have some unintentional bias where patients may not know that they're biased towards someone of a different race or ethnicity or, again, gender or age where we give an example where if a patient is familiar with a certain type of a physician, maybe they give that physician leeway for a poor communication style. Maybe they say, oh, the physician was having a bad day, or oh, the physician maybe just forgot to order this, as opposed to a physician that may be of another race or ethnicity, they may be more likely to think that maybe that physician made a mistake, or maybe that physician just is not good in his or her communication style. And then I think that last piece that you mentioned is just comfort. I think that people are comfortable around people that look and sound and talk like them. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think that it's just a matter of contextualizing, again, the the data that we have and making sure that we really understand what exactly is going on when we interpret data, again, on an individual clinician level. So when you look at that data globally as an institution, How does it affect what you do, what Mayo does in terms of interaction with patients? That's a great question. Again, I think that there's power in looking at data as an aggregate because you remove or you have a better chance of removing outliers 
biases and things like that because you have a large sample size and you can look at how does this clinical division or how does this clinical department do or how does this institution do. When you talk about looking at individual groups, though, you want to get to the root of why certain groups on the patient and the provider side are having the experiences that they are having. So, for instance, when I looked at the data at Mayo Clinic in Arizona specifically, and I saw that the black physicians, when they saw white patients, had significantly lower scores than when they saw black patients. Or with other race combinations, the thought process came in, okay, is there something where those patients are being treated any differently, or are there elements of cultural incompetence or issues on the provider side? But then on the patient side, again, are there elements of bias, and where do those come from, and how can we affect those? And so when you look at those things from a leadership perspective, again, on the provider side, The question then becomes, well, what is our message about regarding diversity externally? And so at Mayo Clinic, we have really good messaging internally as it relates to diversity, as it relates to having a diverse staff, as it relates to cultural competency, explicit and implicit bias, showcasing our diverse staff. But we don't necessarily do that externally. And so when patients walk through our doors, they may be expecting to see a physician in a certain form. And in actuality, they get somebody that may look different or present themselves differently than what they expect. And so, again, that comes to us and says, okay, how are we presenting ourselves externally, whether it be a marketing, whether it be an outreach, whether it be what people expect to see when they walk through our doors? And now how can we influence that? so that people know that we are a diverse staff and no matter how your physician is packaged, he or she is going to deliver the highest possible care and put the patient first. So finally, given the various challenges we've talked about, how can healthcare organizations collect and use patient experience data at the level of the individual provider? Are these data going to be inherently flawed or can they still be used in a meaningful way? I think it can still be used in a meaningful way. So the one thing that we always want to look at are trends. So when you're looking at the data of an individual provider, are there trends that we see for specific questions or are there trends that we see overall? Is one person a significant outlier in a good way? Is one person a significant outlier in a bad way? And does that consistently happen? And based upon those trends, you can maybe look to adjust certain styles and behaviors. The other thing that we encourage here at Mayo Clinic is looking at the actual comments that come with patient survey data. So most of the patient survey data that we collect and the meat of the patient survey data is in the form of multiple choice questions. But there's usually room for patients to write in comments regarding their experiences. And using those comments are a lot of times where we are able to really get valuable information. And again, on an individual clinician level, taking two physicians that may have totally different patient satisfaction scores, are the nature of the comments the same? Do those vary? And those things can kind of help you get to the root of how a physician is truly being perceived and if there are changes that need to be made. But again, I always say here that it's important for us to know what the patients are thinking. It's important for us to look at the data, to digest the data. But at the same time, though, it's more valuable for us to look at it as a group and to move the needle as a group particularly if there are no significant red flags or outliers in the form of extremely poor scores or patterns or comments that are poorly reflective. Thank you, Dr. Poole. 